This is Melina, and you're listening to Smash That Podcast. Mm. <laughs> All right, everybody, it's Badass Billy Gunn, WWE Hall of Famer, and now your new AEW producer. You're listening to Smash the Mat Podcast, and if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Suck it. The Smash the Mat Podcast with your hosts, G-Money, J-5, D-B, and Mr. Magnificent. Yo, what is great in the state? It is the ugliest brother in radio, G-Money. And, of course, it is one <laughs> half of the sexiest tag team in all of North Carolina. Team Sexy, uh-huh. Mr. Magnificent. Okay. And it is the return. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Of the one. Uh-huh. The only. Uh-huh. The original. Right. The uh, oblong. The oblong? The, wow. Yes. That's interesting. The very same. DB is back. It's me. DB is in the building, man. Welcome. I almost forgot what your voice sounded like. <laughs> I know, I know, right? It's, it's been, been a it's minute. Been so it's long. been a minute. And we are being joined by, you know, DB, you got to do this intro. Yes, please. Because we talk Let's about this guy a lot. But I feel I've like talked you, about this guy yes. forever because he is one of the very best. I'm just going to say it. He is one of the very best to do it. And I feel criminally. <laughs> Underutilized is what I would call exactly. man. Blood runs cold. It runs so cold. <laughs> he is known as Ray Lloyd, but we know him as Glacier. Glacier's sure. in the building! Yes! Glacier is here. Yes. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me, man. I really yes. appreciate it. I'm no problem. Thank you for show. being here. Oh, man. Right, just to give me some background. Just to give you some background. I, I am truly a, a big, big fan of yours. So thank this you. is just thank a you. dream come true right. to be able to talk to you. <laughs> well, now, thank you very much. Now, man. would I you appreciate? I mean that sincerely. Thank you. Would you rather us call you? Uh, would you prefer Ray? Glacier or the living legend Glacier? Which one would you prefer? <laughs> it, it's totally up to you. The very best professional wrestler no, that there ever will be Glacier. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, since we're kind of talking to our wrestling audience, yeah, let's keep it with Glacier. That'd be fun. Okay. That'll yeah. work. <laughs> okay. Now, look. Now, when we say that we've mentioned you on the show, this is not a joke. No. <laughs> There's been many, many times when we oh, talk about awesome. we talk about dream match scenarios. <laughs> I, I, I think one of the last times we mentioned him on the show was uh, DB. I think we all agreed, but DB brought up the fact that he should have been in the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. We yeah. talk about surprise, surprise entrance. Like, Let me just cool? say, it, it was great to see you in the AEW um battle royal oh battle yeah the yeah. casino battle royal so yeah. i was like okay royal rumble's next we gotta have him. we have to have him the royal rumble next you know, uh, uh, you, you, know <laughs> you know i actually i did a podcast last night and i and i i told this story that i'll share with you guys about the uh uh, you know, being in the you know the, the pay per view last year, the uh, the yeah. buy in uh, battle royal is yeah. uh, you know, of course I've known Cody you know since he was he was just a you know a kid and uh, been close to the family forever and of course you know Dusty was my childhood hero growing up and 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 uh, it got to where you know he was my mentor and and uh, you know stayed close to him until until you know his his final days but uh, but um uh, and and I've gotten to to really reconnect with Cody since he moved back to Atlanta uh, Orlando at, at Atlanta. I'm in Orlando. But I go back and forth so much between Atlanta and Orlando because um, I, I partnered with QT Marshall with the, our ah. wrestling school in Atlanta. Yeah. And so, okay. Um, okay. yeah, yeah. And we can talk about that a little bit later. But, uh, but so, uh, so yeah, so Cody, you know, basically he's starting to put this, you know, they're starting to put this battle roll together. And, uh, and first of all, let me say at 55 years old, I just turned 56 a few days ago uh, at 55 years old last year. Like I, you know, I thought, 
my big run in, in, in big arenas, you know, such as, you know, that arena, which is yeah. one of the greatest arenas in history, um, was was kind of over. And, you know, and that's that's yeah, that's what would have been perfectly fine because I've wrestled in just about every great arena I wanted to wrestle in. So uh, but uh, to be able to go back to the MGM Grand at 55 and perform in front of a sold out audience was already big enough. And uh, and so, you know, once Cody contacted me and said, hey. You know, I, I, yeah, you know, he basically said, um, "You're in the battle royal." <laughs> That's crazy. Oh wow! Okay, crazy. I said, "Yeah, man." And and of course, later he would he would go on to tell me that the reason why he wanted me, Tommy Dreamer, um, of course Billy Gunn, um, mm-hmm. and some of the older guys is because he had a lot of great talent out there, but there were a lot of guys who were young, who who this was going to be their first time in front of a giant audience like that, and uh, and and he really was banking on some of the. The more experienced guys like like us to to calm things down, to slow things down down there, oh, keep yeah. it so it doesn't go so you know, everything's not going ninety miles an hour. Um, and so uh, so when I came out, me and Billy Gunn came out with Jungle Boy was in our group, and uh, and he's a, he's an awesome kid, man. I tell you what, I mean, a kid is a is a he's got his a great future ahead of him. But we we were going to the ring, of course. I slid in and I did this face to face with MJF, and 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 once again, totally totally humbled by the fact that. As I'm getting it, he's starting to do his little, uh, you know, karate kid thing where he's doing the crane stance and kind of making fun of me, you know. Yeah. And um, and I and I hear this chant off to the right, you know, this big glacier, glacier chant off to the right. And then it picks up on the left side of the arena and it starts on the left side of the arena. Of course, you can imagine. I'm sitting there. I never expected that. And I slide in and I'm looking face to face, looking right out of eye with MJF. And he kind of starts to move a little bit towards me. And I just was like, whoa. Just give me a minute. <laughs> just give me a minute. <laughs> Let me take it in, man. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And uh, this might be the last time I get to do this. You know? so, and, uh, and then, of course, we did our little thing, and it was great, and, and I had a great time. And, uh, and I, you know, I, my thanks to, to, to Tony Khan and AEW and, and, of course, to Cody for allowing me to have that platform to go out there and, and do that. And, uh, man, it was, it was a huge thrill. I, I mean, very humbling. It really was. So, 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 what you're telling me is you don't want that to be the last time. So we, we're going to talk to oh, Cody that's what it about like making this happen. That's what I heard. Clearly. You know, that's uh, yeah, that's you know, um, uh, you know, there's an old saying that uh, um, uh, that I heard Evil Knievel say first, and I'm sure he wasn't the first guy to ever say it. But yeah. there's an old saying where you know, I may not be as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. So, oh, okay. yeah. so, uh, so we'll see. You know, Dallas kind of proved that too. You know, a couple of months back when he dove off the top rope. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> 63 man. He's sixty. Old, yeah, sixty. I don't know how. How is it possible? Yeah, he's sixty-four now. Yeah. He's already he's turned sixty-four. He's sixty-four years old. Man, yeah, so he's an incredible. Sixty-four shape. years young. That's he's crazy. from Mars, man. He's not from Mars. <laughs> so, you know, he smiles a lot, so that might make sense. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. He saved a lot of people's careers with that yoga. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, man, it saved mine. I'm, I'm a big advocate of it. I really am. I mean, I, I, I've known you know Dallas, of course, you know forever, and uh, Dallas is the one I'm, I'm truly grateful. We're, he's one of my best friends in and out of wrestling, but he's the guy that you know my, my favorite quote in the world, and I'm, I'm a guy who lives by a lot of quotes because they kind of help me remember lessons I learned. And, and my favorite quote of all time I got from my college, uh, one of my college coaches is it's not, everybody's heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? Everybody's right, heard right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And my college coach gave me another level of that that I've always lived by because it just rang true was the first time I ever heard it. And the li- longer I live, um, the more it seems to ring true. It's, and the, and the, he said, it goes, it's not necessarily what you know, and it's not necessarily who you know. It, it sometimes comes down to who's willing to say they know you. 
who's willing to put their name on the line, their reputation on the line for you. Dallas did that for me. It's a Bischoff, and that's, that's how the whole Glacier thing got started. So I'm eternally grateful to Dallas. But but I, So I've been with Dallas since the very beginning of the DDP yoga when it was yeah. called something totally different. The first video he ever did was out on the in the grass near the beach out in uh, Santa Monica or somewhere where he was living at the time. And kids were coming up behind him and mock, mocking him in the background. <laughs> so, wow. so, I mean, wow. so, but it's great. It's very therapeutic. And I tell every wrestler, I do a lot of seminars now. I tell every single wrestler, I tell them, I go, look, you know, if you're not doing this, you're doing your body a big disservice and a big injustice because he created this for us, for pro wrestlers. I mean, he created yeah. it for us, really. Right. And, and you know, and, it, and Dallas has always been, there's one word, if there's, there's two words I can say about Dallas that are always synonymous with Dallas Page. One is positive. I mean, he is the most positive guy I know. And two, proactive. He is the most proactive guy I've ever known. And what I say by that is you know, we always used to kind of laugh and snicker at him when we get on the airplanes to, to go to the next city, whatever, and he'd come on the airplane. He'd have two ice packs on his knees, two on his shoulders and everything. And it looked like he'd been in a car wreck, but he was always, it wasn't that he was hurt. He was being proactive. Like, I'm icing everything anyway, you know, because yeah. it's going to help me down the road. And, you know, as, as we were laughing back there ordering a beer, now who's laughing, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the one that's not laughing now. But, uh, but no, but Dallas... You know, I mean, uh, he's built that thing into a worldwide empire, and he walks the walk. He really, really does. I mean, it's not something where he, I mean, he's he's a hundred percent hands on the whole, you know, brand of the DDPY now. So, um, but uh, but yeah, so make sure you guys do your DDPY. So <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll make it. sure. My mobility is terrible, so I need to do it. <laughs> now, now let's terrible. take it back a little bit, uh, Glacier. Uh, let's go, let's go way back to you know when. The promos and everything were happening, like building up to your actual debut in WCW. Now, I just need to know, like, was it your idea to go with that certain look or, your, you know, the whole character? Like, was that your idea or was it more of a collaboration? It was, you know, it was a collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, or, I, I had input, thank God. But, uh, but I actually, uh, I knew a guy um, who was a great special effects uh, makeup artist, and um, I, and he had his own uh, studio. And I ended up introducing him to Eric, and, and recommended that he be the guy to really kind of create the whole look for not only me but Canyon and, and Ernest and, and yeah. Brian. You know, they'll be off the first four of us in that yeah. group, yeah. and of course, you know, Jim Mitchell, who was James Vandenberg as the manager. But, um, and so we, you know, from from drawing more to finished product, um, uh, his name's Andre Fridas, and Andre was really put in charge of all that. We were very hands-on. We were able to go to the studio and really, from the very beginning, I, I was able to have a big hand in what that what Glacier would become. The funny thing is, is when we started, you know, we started with like 150 something names, and we kept whittling it down and whittling it down and whittling it down. And, uh, and Glacier was one I fell in love with from the very beginning. And I actually, you know, had to really kind of fight for it because there were a couple other names that uh, that Bishop kind of liked that eventually, you know, we won out. But it was kind of like a, you know, the strict in numbers. I was like, Canyon, and I was like, guys, you got to back me on this. Let's go with Glacier. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, but yeah, the look and everything was, was obviously, you know, you guys know, pro wrestling uh, feeds off of what's popular in society. And, of course, right. Mortal Kombat was really popular then. You know, we were on Turner Broadcasting. Turner was a very family-friendly network and still is. But, you know, especially back then. So they wanted to do something. And Eric, you know, was he was of that philosophy of pro wrestling. And, and I am, too, that pro wrestling should be a buffet. It should be something yeah. for everybody, yep. you know. Yeah. And uh, and so it was it was something where that was they didn't really have a lot uh, because, you know, things are coming in, you know, and uh, they are, you know, Hogan was 
getting ready to become the biggest bad guy on the planet. And so they, they were trying to find this way to kind of replace, you know, these guys who are now they knew were going to become the heels and, and, and try to give something where still kids really connect to it. And that was it. And, uh, and then, you know, the funny thing is, is that I always say, you know, I tell people like, you know, nobody knows more about criticism than me because there were a lot of critics of the gimmick. But I will tell you this over the years, the one thing I have discovered from going all over the world and, and, and having the honor of being Glacier for over 20 years now um, is the fact that, that the overwhelming majority of the people I run into really, really liked the gimmick and really enjoyed it. And, and because a lot of those people who are fans of it now are now guys that, you know, are, are girls that are, that are, that are adults that are mid thirties and, you know, uh, stuff and so that were kids in it, that they weren't able to give interviews and, and it was, a, you know, and tell them how much they like the gimmicks and stuff. So, you know, it, it's, you know, when you have critics of something and we all do, I mean, look at John Cena, you know, there's times when half the, the, the arena, you know, booed John Cena, but you know what? John Cena's, laughing all the way to the bank you know he still is so you have to when you get into wrestling you got to have a thick skin because you're going to have critics i don't care who you are and uh and that's okay with me because i had to it took a while for me to learn that they weren't they weren't you know uh hating on me personally they were just they didn't somehow didn't they weren't ready to accept that 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 type of look and character and gimmick at that time but um but at the end of the day like i said i've been i consider a huge honor to be glacier um i still do appearances and as long as i look somewhat like i did back in the 90s i will continue to do appearances <laughs> right. so you know <laughs> i know you were mentioned 30 year olds i'm 31 and let me tell you yeah. like i'm legit <laughs> 31? you were describing me i'm, I'm yeah. not offended at all because that's exactly how i feel yeah. like right. it came down to your entrance you had the snowflakes and the yeah. blue laser lights had the cool eye and yeah. made the whole legit entrance and i think that it's sorely missed oh yeah. well, actual characters Absolutely. In yes, wrestling. yes. And, and, and I'm I'm from the listen. You have to. I tell people all the time too when I, I do a lot of seminars and stuff, and when I, I go back mm-hmm. to Fort Tower School in Atlanta, is I tell people all the time, aspiring young, young wrestlers, I'm like, you know, you don't, you have no idea when your break's going to come or if it's going to come, mm-hmm. and if it does come, sometimes you're not going to, you have no idea what that break's going to mean. Like, what are they going to ask of you? And uh, and back then, it was. You know, I was we were really the first four guys, me being the first of the four, where we really were handpicked and and you know, there was the the gimmick, you know, kind of evolved around the person as as the person and, and, and the gimmick kind of grew, grew together, evolved together. Where that's kind of the the standard now, like say with NXT, I mean they find the athletes mm-hmm. and then they build the gimmick around the athlete, you know. So it's 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 really was one of the first times that was ever really done. And uh, so I'm very honored to be one of the first to to have been able to do that. But the other thing too, is like I said, I was a very traditional trunks and boots type of guy. And that's the other thing. I was very patient. I worked my butt off and I was patient. I didn't get mad at the business because it was taking, it took me, it took me nine, almost right at nine years to really get my break at WCW. I've been wrestling for nine years on the Indies. Now I had a great time and, and I, I have some great memories from that. But the thing is, is I was a traditional, you know, like I said, kind of trunks and boots guy. So you can imagine when all of a sudden I get handed this opportunity and all of a sudden they want, I'm like, you want me to be what? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's why I tell people all the time, you never know how your break's going to come. And I always say to them, like, do you really think that I, I envisioned wearing a blue mask and, and armor as my, my wrestling gimmick? <laughs> I never did. Trust me. But, but when, when, another thing I always say too is, but, but when, like the president of the of you know one of the hottest wrestling companies in the world offers you a, an opportunity that they're basically gonna push you to the moon. Yeah, like yeah. I say, when you're offered you a, when you're offered a seat on a rocket ship like that, you don't ask what seat. You just get on board. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Very true. true. So, I'm 
I'm just curious. I remember, I want to go back just a tad bit. You was talking about, like, all the names guys was throwing around. Can yeah. can you think of any of the really bad ones that you didn't like? Oh, my God. There were uh, there was some, it was some pretty bad ones, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there was, uh, I will tell you this. This is a much better story. Because some of the bad ones I probably could think about for a second. But what actually happened was it came down to two names. Mm-hmm. It came down to, to Cryonic and Glacier. <laughs> And, and Eric is really pushing oh. for cryonic. Yeah. Cryonic. And so mm. cryonic. And so, and I remember Andre saying, our, our special effects guy who created it, who, who took a lot of pride in it, he wanted it to be Glacier too. And he was like, he was like, we all have to form together, you know, strengthen numbers and really pitch for Glacier. <laughs> and he goes, he, he says to me, he goes, you can't be cryonic. That's a verb. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, uh, and, and so he goes, so we, we basically, the, the, the pitch we gave to Eric was, and I give, you know, Andre, we all kind of, came up, we roundtable discussion this thing, and this is what we came up with, was why don't, you know, we go with Glacier, and this finishing move will be the cryonic kick. So that's how cryonic yeah. kick oh, came out. okay. You know? Okay, so, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, but gotcha. I will tell you what's even, even you know, pardon the pun, cooler than that, is, uh, is that when uh, Andre created the whole... Um, the whole look and everything, you know, I mean, you may have heard the rumors and, it, and it's true. It, it costs over $30,000 for, for, for drawing board to finish product. Wow. Yeah. Cause everything was done original. You know, they, they, they did molds of my face and my body and everything was, so all the armor and everything is hand custom made for me only, you know? So, and, uh, and I, and I still have it. Thank God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, money but, well spent. But, Oh, you know what? And, and it's, you know, it's, it's part of my, who I am. It really is. And, and I'm very proud of that. And uh, um, there were three original masks made. I still have one of the original masks and that's what I wear. And, and the armor is still original armor and everything. The belt is still original, everything. Um, and I still have, I still wear the boots that I wore in WCW. So things have kind of oh, wow. held up, you know, uh, the spandex you got to replace every now and then. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um but the other, the, the main thing that I was going to share with you guys, which is, is really, it's one of the memories that makes me smile the most just because of the irony of it. And it was that when, when uh, Andre finished doing all this, and, and he works, I mean, just, I got, you know, hours upon hours to finally get the stuff to where it looked the way it did. And, uh, and it was an amazing job. He put together a folder of notes and everything, and he copied them. He actually put them on blue paper, which I thought was really cool. And he made it as, uh, as kind of like a memory for me to say, here's the journey of, of, of us creating, you know, Glacier. And I thought it was really cool. And on one page, he had typed notes, and it was we, the 10 top 10 names we had whittled down to. And, of course, Glacier and Chronic were on there. But this is no lie. And if you think back to when Glacier debuted, which is, you know, late 96, right? I think, yes. Yeah. September. There was, also, there was also a guy that had been in wrestling for a while, but his, his, new, his new gimmick was starting to form, and that was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, uh, and one of the names... On the ten final list was Stone Cold. Oh wow! <laughs> Yo. Who would have thought? Now let me say, let me <laughs> what, say a, what if? I think yeah, we can whatever. all agree. I think we can all agree the right guy got the Stone yeah. Cold name. Yeah. Yeah. What if you guys wedged if he was Glacier Steve Austin? And was like, <laughs> I, don't I don't know if it'll work quite as well. You know? so, uh, Glacier Steve but, Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, so uh, now you're a legit uh, skilled martial artist. Um, and, and and let me get it right. Is it Hungu or Hungar? No, when I first started, um, yeah. yeah, and you know, it's been something that's been a part of my life ever since yeah. I was about 14, 15 years old. And and uh, and I first started in, in, in my hometown, 
um, you know, I was like, I have a twin brother. My twin brother and I were just like most people who ever wow. started love. Yeah, we we saw a Bruce Lee movie. We were like, hey, we don't know how to do that, you know. And so, uh, so my dad was uh, was a state trooper, and in Brunswick they have what's called, uh, and it's still there, the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, where people come from all over the world to to do like you know law enforcement training and you know all that stuff that's related to that. And so um, he didn't really know where to to start. He didn't know anybody who was teaching classes, so he just asked around out there, and and coincidentally two. Two gentlemen were, uh, they had a small studio that was on one of the little main streets of our city. And, and uh, but they didn't really advertise because they were the kind of like, they kind of like to kind of handpick their students. They both had great government jobs. They, they weren't doing the school for the money, they did it because they kind of loved it. And, uh, and those two gentlemen, Frank Graves and Bob Natsky, who became my two instructors, but that's what they taught was what's called Hungar Kung Fu. And, uh, and it was, um, it was, it, 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 I didn't know then how much it would really help me. And, and, and I was always into like, once after I got about through the first couple of years, to me, it was more about a way of life. Like I never necessarily wanted to learn how to go out and, and, and I, I can probably say that yeah, I've been in very few street fights in my entire life. And I wish I'd been in none, you know, but, uh, but you know, it's because as you get older through martial arts, that's, that's your, that's your goal is you win the fight, but not being in a fight, you know? And so, and so, um, uh, but you know, they, I, they really became father figures to me and I had great parents. I mean, let, you know, let me say that, but they were, you know, when you hear things certainly from some other teachers and coaches, that may be the same thing your parents are telling you, but when you hear it from someone else, sometimes maybe you, you, you listen rather than if you would, if your parents told you. And so they became big father figures in my life. They still are to this day, which is just a huge testament to the impact they made on me. You know, I'm, I'm 56 years old and I met them when I was around 15. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's something that became a way of life for me um, because of martial arts. That was a big part of why I, you know, Eric Bischoff hired me to become Glacier was because when we sat down at that meeting that I had with him, um, you know, we sat down in this restaurant that was close to that. Da- him and Dallas were uh, like three houses down from each other in their neighborhood. And, um, and, and, and we had like a, almost a three hour meeting. And he was the first, I'd say the first half of the dinner meeting, it was just me and him. You can imagine I'm sitting here, I'm an independent wrestler. I'm sitting here with the president of WCW, the back <laughs> right, of a restaurant. Right. And it was like a little steakhouse. It wasn't even, you know, what you'd call a, you know, fancy restaurant, but, uh, but you know, all he did was talk martial arts. He was a big martial arts and, 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 and we just, we connected on that level. We knew the same people. We knew of the same people. So he knew I was legitimate, so to speak, because of the people that we talked about. And he knew I knew certain people. And so um, uh, then, you know, and, 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 and I tell people all the time, you know, the, the greatest injustice in, in, in the world, especially in pro wrestling, is when you train and you do everything in your power to, 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 to put yourself in a position to get a break. And the, and the break never comes. And that happens a lot because mm-hmm. this is a very unfair business. We all know mm-hmm. that. But what's even worse than that is for the break to come and you not be ready for it. Because that's, that's yes. heartbreaking. Because it may not ever come again. You know, you know how rare that is to get an opportunity. Well, I knew about three years before that break happened, I knew without a shadow of a doubt I was I was ready. And so when that dinner meeting happened, you know, I was ready. I knew I was ready. And I knew that my confidence level was at a point to where you know, I, I answered his questions with a lot of passion and enthusiasm because I, you know, I, I couldn't come out and say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Hey, come on, please sign me because you look like a goofy today. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, but, but I, I went in there with a lot of confidence and I was like, no matter how this turns out, I'm going to feel good about it because I, I'm going to present myself and I know that I'm ready. It's up to him to decide if he thinks, you know, I'm, I'm what he's looking for. And fortunately at the end of that meeting, and this is how fast it can happen, guys, at the end of that meeting, he looked up to me and he said, he said, well, Ray, 
He goes, I like what I hear, and I want to sign you to a contract. No lie. Oof. And he said, and, I, and I'm not lie. I'm thinking, I'm about to fall out of my chair, you know, and I'm like, and I go, I go okay. And I had a really, really good job at the time working um, with my other, well, another one of my mentors, Chip Smith, who's now, and even was back then, one of the top sports performance coaches is in the world and actually our wrestling school is a part of his 43,000 square foot facility in Atlanta it's there where oh, over 2,000 NFL players have trained you know we just um uh he, he does a lot of NFL combine training we just had Jalen Hurts training there for three months with us you know I mean so you know the guys like that that our our trainees get to, to kind of rub shoulders with which is really cool but but the thing was is he said to me he goes are you are you working somewhere right now? And I said, sorry, my light came on in my garage. Oh, cool. <laughs> but, uh, no worries. It's dark here in Florida, man. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, you know, I said, um, he said, are you still, are you working right now anywhere full time? And I told him I was, and I told him where, and he said, um, are you still wrestling on the independent circuit? And I said, yes, I am. And he says, well, I want you to do me a favor. We'll sign you to a contract. And he goes, um, I want you to disappear off the independent wrestling scene. Whatever bookies you have, <laughs> Call them and cancel them and tell them, make up whatever you need to, but just tell them you're, you're sorry, but you have to cancel. You're taking a break from right now, whatever. And I looked at him and I said, I can do that. And so that began my journey of, of you know, becoming Glacier. And, uh, and I will tell you, absolutely one of the best things that ever came out of me being Glacier. Um, and I get choked up thinking about this because he, he and I are such good friends. Um, and we just we just did this film together, which we can talk about later if you guys want. But um, through Ern- through Eric Bischoff, I met Ernest Miller, and he is one of my the best cat. friends to this day. The yes, cat. Sir. And yes, I'll sir. tell you what, I, with the first time he and I met, we had an immediate just chemistry. And and to this day, almost thirty years later, I love that guy. But there's no tomorrow. I mean, he's just one of the best friends I've ever had. He really is. Now, now let, let me ask a question because you brought up a, a, a good point. Uh, just a second ago, you've done a lot in the wrestling business. You, you've, you know, WCW, the indie career you've had, you've done a lot. But what people may not know about you is that you are an actor. You do yes, stuff outside yeah. the ring. Um, and I think, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, you were working on a movie? Right, yeah. We, uh, this is something, guys, that, uh, and you guys are literally only the fourth Podcast that I've, I've top five. Yes, about this song. yes. Top I just, five, I just baby. heard number one. I just heard the number one podcast. That's all I heard. That's right. Sounds like that. That's right. And, uh, and, I, and I, I did. I just we just decided to actually start talking about, start promoting this film. And uh, and I have worked. I had to. This is something that's been in the works for about 10, 10 12 years now. And um, and and it's really been something that's been in the works in the last couple of years. And uh, and and it's something. That is my heart and soul, and it is. I'll, I'll give you the you know, the quick summary of it as, as quick as I can. But um, but it's my, my buddy Luther Biggs, who when I when I took a break from Glacier and I did the uh, Buzz Stern character, um, he yeah. was my he was my associate with that, and we've been best friends since. He's a a, a power plant alumnus and uh, and you know WCW alumnus, and, and we we've been you know best friends for forever now. And uh, he came up with this idea about. It's about 10, 12 years ago. And he came to him and he said, man, he goes, wouldn't it be great if there was a movie kind of like The Magnificent Seven, you know, or maybe if you want to think of a more modern day term like The right. Expendables, but right. an ensemble movie that had an ensemble cast of wrestlers playing wrestlers in, in the movie. And, and they were all, you know, a, you know, just a great group of guys who were put on this journey and they had this task to accomplish and blah, blah, blah. So that was the beginning of it. And then, um, and, and so fast forward, and like I said, we had, you know how the wrestling world is. You, you start getting a little bit out there, and all of a sudden, it, a rumor takes 
form of song and all of a sudden, you know, no telling what it turns into. So we tried to, very hard to keep it quiet. But um, but the name of the movie, uh, finally, this working title now is called The Replaceables. And um, yeah. it's, it's and because you guys know in professional wrestling, you know, like they always say, the most powerful tool in wrestling is the eraser. You know that the promoter has. It can, yes. can replace yeah. you at any time. You know, yeah, and, uh, uh-huh. and 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 no matter how great you are as a wrestler, eventually you get replaced by the younger crop of superstars. You, everybody does. It's just how it happens. It's just, mm-hmm. just you know, it's how Father Time works. You know, and uh, and so what this movie is, it's actually an action adventure film with an ensemble cast of legendary wrestlers. It has a nice sci-fi twist to it. So it's kind of like the Magnificent Seven meets They Live, which is a great Roddy Piper, John Carpenter movie from the eighties. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and and it has uh, you guys hold on to your seat because of, when you hear who all is in this thing, man, and it's it's a SAG film. It's done very very well. It's it's not some cheap little movie we shot, you know, in, in, in our backyard, that, you know, on the corner. I mean, it's, this is a SAG, a Screen Actors Guild film. It's right. it's it was done right. Um, thank God, one of my great friends and a very successful businessman named Shea Hughes is our investor out of Tampa, Florida. Um, he gave us what we needed to, what we went to him with the budget of what we thought we could make it. And, uh, you know, and it was a lot. I mean, it's a lot. It's more money I've, I've ever had in front of me. And he gave, he trusted us to, to make this movie. And, um, and the, you know, the original, the, the five out of the six, uh, I, you know, stars of the film, if your, your lead actors are, uh, wrestlers as myself, there's my buddy Luther, um, who play my character is called Jock Holiday, and he plays kind of like the all American, you know, kind of, um, you know, Dusty Rhodes type kind of, uh, you know, character. <laughs> and, um, and, and of course, it's a huge homage to Dusty. And, um, and then, uh, uh, Luther's character is called Burning Love, and he, he's kind of a big fan of Elvis, you know, and, and it does a lot of, you know, stuff that pays tribute to Elvis. And then there's uh, uh, Larry Zabisco, uh, Hall of Fame Larry Zabisco, yeah, who plays, <laughs> he plays the character called Legend, who's the, you know, the uh, the legendary wrestler who's kind of retired. We bring him out of retirement to go on the road. And then and then there's um, <laughs> and there's Ernest, you know, Cat uh, yeah. is, is, is one's name, Mac Brown. And in the movie, we call him the Kung Fu Cowboy. Because he he kind of he got a cowboy hat and, and cut off sleeves and, and uh, but um and then uh, and then last but not least out of the wrestlers is uh, legendary you know and, and one of my dearest dearest friends who's literally like family to me and Tonga Fafita King Haku Ming what? Oh, wow. and, um, plays uh, plays an amazing role in the movie and uh, and he's he actually called the Mighty King Tonga in the movie and, yeah that, that sounds about uh, right yeah. Uh, <laughs> And there's also really, really good roles. Of that Dallas has a great role in it. Um, a nice. Hall of Famer Stanlarian Hansen has has Woo. a great role in it. Um, yeah. We got uh, um, let me uh, Gangrel has an amazing what? role in it. Oh, uh, um, Yeah, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with Cahagas, who's two time in the world. Yeah, yes. Well, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, the Tokyo wrestling. Monster Cahagas, he's in it, and he's uh, yeah. got a great role. We actually got um, special appearance by former heavyweight boxing champ Pinklin Thomas is in is in the film. Wow. He makes a, kind of a good cameo. And uh, and my my good buddy Rob Pralgo is the guy who directed. If you just Google him, I mean he's been in over 160 TV and film credits. He's worked with everybody from Clint Eastwood to Tom Cruise to Tom Hanks, everybody. And um, more probably most famous for he played the the role of Mayor Lockwood on Vampire Diaries, which was a huge TV yes. series, you know. And so yeah. and, okay. and, so, and so he um, <laughs> uh, he he directed this for us, and um, he and that's what his degree was in was in directing, and he put together. Not only an amazing crew, but amazing cast. And when he first sat down to do this, he said, Ray, what we need to do, because he told me straight, you know what, the, the VAR of expectation, expectations is going to be way down here. <laughs> Pro wrestling versus aliens. What do you think they're going to think it's going to be? You know. So we got to do something that really knocks their socks off. And so what he did was he said, 
what I need, to, what we need to do, because we cast the the, the the rest of the roles together. He said we need to cast the best professional working actors we can, so that elevates all of your guys' performance. And so that's what we did. And um, we got uh, two of the guys who I've become great friends with too: Adam Menarvich, Keith Brooks. Both had uh, regular runs as regulars on the the, the hit TV series The Walking Dead. Hey, um, uh, one of my favorite shows. Yeah, and. And uh, um, uh, Mark Ashworth, who's a famous, just amazing British actor, um, who's best known for, I don't know if you guys saw the remake of Magnificent Seven about three I years sure ago did. with yeah. Denzel yes. and Chris Pratt. The guy who plays the role of the preacher in the small town, you know, is uh, he's the guy's big, pivotal part of the movie. Uh, uh, yes. Mark Ashworth. Yeah, yeah he's... Uh, he he, and he he plays the crazy guy in our movie, and uh, so yeah, it's it's a movie with. But I'll, here's the thing that we're most proud of is it literally is a thank you letter to the pro wrestling fans because it's a very family friendly movie, and that by no means does that make it a golly g g rated Saturday morning movie. It's it is a <laughs> hot and heavy action film, but it is it's one of those films with tons of action. There is some wrestling in it. It's not a wrestling movie, but there is some wrestling in it, and it's shot very very well. Um, and it's a nonstop thrill ride. My buddy, our director Rob, was just in. We are here in Orlando right now, and we just met with our um, our editor for the film, who's a professor at Full Sail University. He teaches oh, post-production. Yes. So we were able to actually sit down and watch a lot of the rough cut footage yesterday. And guys, I'm just telling you, I mean, you can hear probably the excitement in my voice. I'm trying to find a place to stop talking about it. But it's, it's I'm telling <laughs> you, it's, it, it's something that as people in the wrestling community, I promise you guys are going to be so proud of this movie because it's going to be a movie that I think the general audience, the people who aren't necessarily wrestling fans, who gets who get pulled along to sit down and watch this, you know, with, with their, their spouse or their, you know, their boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, that was always my goal is for the the average person who's not necessarily a huge wrestling fan to walk away from this movie and go, wow, you know what? That was a pretty darn good movie. And, and I really believe we've achieved that. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, a story with a lot of heart. We literally went through like eight writers to get the story exactly the way we wanted it. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's something we're really proud of. And I will tell you this, you know, there's some other things I don't want to spoil about the, 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 the plot of the film, but I will tell you this, um, Rob worked with us for about six months, rehearsed, rehearsed, um, Tonga, God bless him. He worked with me every week with our stunt coordinator here in Orlando. Every single week he came in and never asked to be paid a dime. And just, we just, we just rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed the fight scenes. And there is an epic, everybody knows the stories of how tough the Tonga is, right? I mean, you yes. know the story, yeah, right? yeah, the story. Yes. There, yeah, exactly. there is an epic fight scene at the end of this movie with Tonga. And I'm not going to tell you who, but it's a guy <laughs> who's even bigger than him. And he was the perfect guy for this role. And, oh. uh, but, um, it's, uh, it, it I mean, we, and the last, the last half of the film, uh, what happens is we go, the, the, the plot of the movie is we go on this journey. We all go, come together for this common cause, uh, which is explained early in the movie. And to, to work for this promoter, we all swore we'd never work for again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I have to go recruit everybody, kind of like in The Magnificent Seven. And then we yeah. come back on the loop and we come back through this small North Florida town. We stop up at this festival. That's when the funny, crazy stuff starts happening. And um, and then, you know, we end up being it's where we have a chance to leave this town because we really don't have any connection to the town. But but, but these characters end up staying and helping the town because that's just who they are as people. They do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And um, and it's like I said, there, there's two scenes in this movie, one with with Larry Zbysko and one with Tonga, because even though they are great wrestlers, you wouldn't necessarily say, oh, those guys would probably be great actors, but I'm telling you, there's two scenes in this movie where they're very tender scenes that is just going to knock people's socks off. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so unbelievable. You get to see that side of Tonga being Tonga in the movie, 
but you also get to see a side of it you would never expect to see and and legend the same way i mean there it's just i'm so proud of this i'm so glad i can finally talk about it for god's sake <laughs> yes well thank but you for talking to us like really yeah, about it like yeah. when should we expect this though like what because yeah, yeah. you're already sold saying? me Oh, I'm yeah. yeah. When you said you made yeah. a movie. So. Oh, man. Well, I, I tell you what, uh, and I will tell you this. We looked at the footage yesterday, and my God, it just, just I mean, it was shot to look like an 80s style John Carpenter type film, kind of like Love Escape it. from New York type oh, look wow. to it and feel to it. Mm. So it's it's got a little bit more of a classic look and feel to it, which, and all the all the fight scenes, there's, there's you know, big old classic punches and kicks, but there's some wrestling moves thrown in there just because we knew wrestling fans would obviously <laughs> want to see that. And, uh, but, you know, it's a story about a bunch of guys who were, we're past our prime, but we're still like stars in the wrestling world. So we're still able to get out there and do what we do. But like I said, you know, we're not, you're not going to see us out there doing the, the fight scenes are amazing. Cause our stunt coordinator is a, is a friend of mine named uh, uh, Phi Long Nguyen. Phi has been in every great big movie you've ever seen from parts of the Caribbean on down. Uh, he uh, did a classic fight scene actually with Triple H. And uh, when he was in, what's that movie called? The Substitute or something? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Well, the kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's an Asian guy in the warehouse that fights him with a sticker. But, uh, oh, but oh, remember that. Yeah, wow, yeah. yeah. He, put together, he put together these classic fight scenes. And it was really just, like I said, everybody came together to really make this thing a really special movie. But it is. It's, it's, it's big old guys throwing big old punches and big old kicks. Good old John Wayne, Burt Reynolds type fight scenes. But it's like I always say, our movie's more John Wayne than John Wick. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right. I understand. Like, uh, right, right, exactly. Billion, yeah, gun shooting but but, but, stuff, so. but well, there's a lot of gun shooting Body too. Count that, on that's the thing. There, there's there's gunfire in this. There's explosions. Oh. I mean, we're we're looking for the guy like a PG-13. But I will say this: there's there's very very little profanity in the movie, and what's yeah. in there is very very mild. There's no nudity. There's uh, there's sex appeal in the movie. Trust right. me, there's some good looking women in the movie. <laughs> but uh, but, will there be but, a cryonic uh, kick in the movie? You know what? I, I'm gonna just have to I'll table that for now and let you. Let you, see, you know, and, 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 but, uh, but 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 uh, because I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to reveal everything. Oh yeah, 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 of course. All right. Of course. No, no. Glacier makes it a Glacier you, full gear makes an appearance in yeah. the credit scene. Right? <laughs> that's how he saves the day. I can say this much: there is a tip of the hat to Glacier in the movie. I will say that. Yes. So, uh, yes. Um, but uh, but also, so just for you guys, just to, if you could help me put out the word, um, our, we yeah. just had Robert M- M- McLaren, who's a great friend of mine, who's Dallas's IT guy. He does all of his website stuff and everything. Great friend of mine. He, as a gift to the to the film, he did our website for us, and it just got up just recently, a few few weeks, a couple weeks ago. And and if you look at, uh, it's just thereplaceablesmovie.com the replaceables movie.com and uh and and uh it's and we have there's a great setup on there uh, a lot of pictures from behind the scenes when we were shooting you'll see it was a top-notch production um and uh it's got everybody who's starring in the film and uh with a shotgun and, right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah the kung fu cowboy you see him right there but uh yep. and uh and you know and, and our, our pr team came up with the you know the title for the film which is or the the tagline for the film which is an alien force came to conquer they had no idea this bunch was in town so, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so it's a lot stuff. of fun guys i really appreciate you giving me the time to talk about it oh yeah so, of course of course so, so I, I know it might be it might be early on so how will this be distributed like do you oh. see it being on like a streaming service or something or well you know um before, of course before you know all the madness happened here you know 
world. Um, we were we were certainly, and we still are certainly hoping for a limited theatrical release. Of course, you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see. You know, with movie theaters, what happens with how many open back up? But um, but we we're we're still in negotiations with our distribution deal. What we're looking to do is hopefully now by, but I would say late summer, early fall. Is, is to try to do some screenings in some of the bigger cities that that are bigger wrestling cities like like here in Orlando, mm-hmm. Atlanta, right. um, Chicago, you know, some all over. Yeah, Chicago area. You know, some we know we can really we got there's hardcore wrestling fans that could come out and support it. And um, uh, and there are like I said, there are a couple surprises that are that are still big surprises in the film that uh, um, that I can't reveal just yet. But trust me, when the, when we reveal them, they'll they'll it'll just keep the momentum going with this thing. So uh, so yeah, it, there's some really exciting things to come, but. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's uh, like I said, it's a movie I'm really proud of. We're all proud of because, like I said, it's a gift to the wrestling fans, and it's a thank you to them to say, hey, you're the most loyal fans in the world. And I say that to everybody because I, I, I'm so thankful that we have such great fans. Because if we didn't, if well, that for, not for the fans, you know, I, I a kid from South Georgia doesn't get to live his dream, you know. And so, yeah. you know, and yep, and yep. so, and I appreciate, I respect it, I appreciate it, and I will never, ever, ever let the fans forget that I that I appreciate it. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, so again, the replaceables, the replaceablemovies dot com. That's yeah, the website. The, re- the replaceables with an S. Movie dot oh, yeah. com. Yeah. Movie dot com. So, yeah. of course, if you're listening right now, make sure you go to the website so you can support Glacier and the legends that he that's assembled. Right, yeah. Ernest and yeah. Cat Miller. And if we got Larry King Nabisco, Haku. Yeah. King Haku. King Haku. You know, you know what? DDP, man, I'm telling you, it's 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 there's so many great faces that show up throughout this movie, and and the great thing about it is, is we worked long and hard to make sure that they weren't people that just popped in for the sake of putting another wrestler in a scene. Every oh, yeah. person is there for a specific reason, and I think that's what the people really enjoy is that we really, really, I mean, we worked so hard to put this together to where it all made sense. And everybody, when they appear, it makes sense that they're appearing in that time of the film and in that scene and why they're there. It's not just, Oh, boom. I don't know where somebody shows up for no reason. Um, you know, big Ron Reese, you know, who was the Yeti, who was part of the flock. He makes an appearance in the movie, seven foot three, big monster. Um, you know, there's, and there's uh, a, and I, like I said, there's some other surprises. I just God, I wish I could tell you. I don't want to keep, but I've, I've been sworn to secrecy on a few things. So, but, uh, but just know that, um, that this is going to be a movie that that is going to represent wrestling very very well, and it paints wrestling and, and professional wrestlers and wrestling fans in a very good light. And you guys know as well as I do, there's just as far you know, the wrestler was a great movie, it really was, oh, but yeah. it showed yeah. kind of a dark side of the business. And there's definitely yeah. that side, but there's never really been an, a really really good wrestling movie that paints wrestling in a really good light. I mean, they usually make fun of us. Yeah. And they, paint us as buffoons or clowns or yeah. degenerate. And this yeah. movie doesn't do that. It shows that there's a great group of guys in wrestling who, who are good guys who, who can be that character in front of the crowd. But when they're not that character, they can, you know, they can, they're still they're good guys. And we really do show a lot of what it's like to be a wrestler. I mean, we, there's, there's a scene where there's a real, there's a real great scene of the Magnificent Seven. If you got, you guys to look it up on YouTube. It's just called, gunfighters arithmetic and it's where the young gunfighter is sitting with all the legendary gunfighters and he's saying oh your gun brought you everything you've ever had and then they start saying yeah it, yeah but it also brought us a bunch of stuff that we didn't expect and basically the loneliness <laughs> and all this and that's kind of how wrestling is you know I mean, you get into wrestling you hear all the great stuff but once you get on the road and you're traveling all the time I mean, there's a lot of things you go man nobody ever told me about this stuff you know <laughs> they never told me yeah. how lonely it was and and all the injuries and this and that and and you still love it and so the thing is we talk about all that in the movie 
but we do it from a place of, of still a love and passion for what we do. So there's, uh, there's one thing I can promise you that this movie doesn't have. And because the world has enough of these already, and it does not have any old bitter wrestlers in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's enough of those guys. We, we don't need any of them. Don't need more of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, guys, sorry. I'm right. No, I'm no, rambling. The, I apologize. No, no it's, not it's at all. cool, man. You know. Hey, we're loving it. We yeah, are exactly. just loving it. We are happy you're here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you want to promote the movie is no problem. So, so we're going to go ahead and pre-plan to be at the premiere of this. So yeah, absolutely. You'll absolutely. Keep us if you get, a, if you get one in North Carolina, we are there. Absolutely. Yes. Come well, by I, North I, Carolina. We're a wrestling country, too. Yeah, so you know oh, that. man, that's, that's right. The heart, heart of wrestling That's country. right. Yeah. yeah. So yes, that is right. Absolutely. All right. So so if, if I could just uh, go back just a little bit with you. Sure. I, I do I do think you were criminally unutilized in WCW. That's just me personally. Uh, it took a bit for the debut to actually happen. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, now was there was there ever a so what was the end goal? Like what was going yeah. to be the big true goal of the Glacier character and the whole group? Um, you know, as as it was told to me, uh, it was it was really. And here's the thing that a lot of people didn't realize back then is that we didn't really have a quote unquote creative team. I mean, literally yeah. when Eric picked us and there was the four of us who got picked, it, you know, it was really like go down to the power plant and figure this out, you know? And so it was, it was a monumental task in the beginning because we literally were starting from scratch from nothing. Wow. And uh, not only did we have to create, you know, I had to create my character, we had to create three other, and I don't really call them characters because they really weren't. They were, they were, they became part of us, you know, but, but they were, you know, so I, I, I still love the use of, you know, it was our gimmick, but, but the thing was, was they all four, each one that was presented next, these things had to all somehow connect and make sense. And so there was, there was, you know, five moving parts. There was four wrestlers and one manager. And, and um, it was just, man, it was incredibly complex in the beginning. And we were not really getting any help from, from the office because they were busy enough putting out TV, you know? And, and so they were like, Hey, you guys, we gave you that. Here's the break. Go figure it out. You know? And so mm. not that we weren't, weren't getting support, but there was no specific, like, okay, we're going to sign. Basically Dallas was assigned to us to say, okay, help, help these guys figure this out. And of course, yeah. coming in, you know, Ernest came in, he was recruited in kind of by Eric because he really was teaching, you know, martial arts to Eric's kids. And, um, <laughs> and, and he was a perfect fit because I mean, he's such a great athlete. He could have, he could have done anything. I mean, he, and of course he went on to be such a great performer. I mean, you know, I mean, just when he was when he was finally able to kind of shed a little bit of the original cat, you know, gimmick and just become, you know, an extension of who he is, you know, which is a great performer. Get out there and just cut those unbelievable promos yeah. and, and be able to back it up, you know. So. Um, uh, so, yeah. And, and the great thing about that is none of us really knew because Ernest is he's a fun loving guy, but he wasn't really letting on that he could do all that. And I think it was more of like he was saying, I'll save it. I'll see where this is going to go. And I know i got a few tricks I can pull out down the road, you know. And and um, But for me and Canyon, it was like the break of a lifetime for us. Brian was coming from WWF. He'd already been at a bomb there. So it was kind of like just another stop along the way for Brian, which, you know, no no, no problem with that. You know, it was just another chapter of his career, really. But, uh, but, but he still, like all of us, he committed to this, making this thing work. And what happened was um, that my original outfit and my original look looked a lot like you know this the, the current sub-zero character Sub which has evolved right. over yeah. the years yeah. too and so what happened was that the midway company yeah i got called to eric's office one day and this is after oh, some yeah. of the you know the vignettes were already airing and and he said um look you know he and, and I, this is when the offices were still in cnn 
Center. So was it, <laughs> wasn't terrifying enough to get called to the boss's office. You got to go in CNN Center, go up to like the 11th floor or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, the big yeah, so I'm right. thinking, nah, I'm, yeah, buddy. I'm going cool. in, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, man, I ain't even got out of the gate yet. What, what's happened? You know? And so, and I go into his office, you know, and there's Eric, you know, and he says, Ray, he goes, uh, you know, the Midway company is, you know, they take a notice of this. Cause you know, you guys know how hot WCW yeah, yeah. and WWF yeah. were at the time. Yeah. Wrestling was hot, you know? And, uh, and he said, you know, they, they basically are not happy with the fact that, you know, that what they, what we created looked an awful lot like their character. And they were, I can't remember if you used the word threatening a lawsuit, but that was basically in no uncertain terms, that was wow. what was being floated around. And so he said, we got to pull you off TV for a while and, and we got to make some adjustments here because, and I never forget him saying this. He said, he said, Ray, nobody likes a, a fight better than me. He said, but if we go into this one, we will lose big time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, let's go back and let's just, and, and I will remember that, you know, the Dallas was like, he kind of calmed me down. Cause I was like, God, man, and this is what I'm talking about. Like sometimes your break comes and, it, and then it passes you by pretty quick, you know? And, uh, and so um, I was afraid like, man, that's it. Yeah. I didn't even hardly get out of the gate and it's over. And, but luckily Eric stood behind us, Dallas, you know, and with the, the unbelievably great creative mind that Dallas had and, and Andre, we went back and we just redesigned the tights to, to make them more blue and silver. And, and really what I've ended up staying with pretty much since then, more of the, the spike, you know, the icicle spikes on the side, we just got away from the, as cool as it was, the blue with the black squares. I mean, the black, yeah. the whole black outfit with the blue squares on everything, as cool as it looked, we had to get as far away from that as we could. So we went oh, to more of that bright blue and, and silver look, and that's and that's why you know it, we kind of slowed down for a little bit. We had we had to, it had to pull me off TV and kind of kind of rework everything a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So of course, like I said, it was and and once again, you know, it's because uh, uh, and and I appreciate you know G saying about being underutilized, but yeah. but you know what <laughs> uh, the thing is, man, is is. You know, I always say, you ask anybody, and, and you know, 99% of the people that ever had a great run in wrestling, it probably didn't work out exactly how they thought it was going to work out. Yeah. You know? And uh, mm -hmm. so that being said, you know, what, what I've done some things differently if I would have been able to, to, to get through to the, to the booking committee at the time, sure, of course I would. But the thing is, is that, you know, I had a great run. I was employed. What a lot of people don't realize is, is you know, I was really never unemployed from the time I started up until we got, we got bought out. I mean, my contract ran out, my second contract ran out right a month or two before we finally got bought out. Like I think it ran out in January February of 01. So I was there the whole time. There were times when I got put on the shelf and I had a knee injury and stuff like that. But, and when they, they kind of changed me into the, into the coach bus stern, you know, whole thing or whatever. And then the booking committee changed again and voila, they want to bring Glacier back. So, you know, it's a, right. you know, it was a whole, but, but I was there forever. And the thing that I always look, is once again, I learned a lot from my parents and, and was reinforced by Dallas, who is so, you know, much a positive guy. And he just, you know, I was sitting around talking to him, you know, this is years ago, and he was just like, hey, you know, look at, you know, he goes, man, he goes, you know, you were part of one of the greatest rosters in the history of wrestling for five years. And he goes, yeah. and every week you held your own, you earned your spot and you kept your spot. And he goes, that's something to be really proud of. And I was, and I thought, man, that's right, man. I mean, my God, I mean, I earned that spot. Trust me, because if you didn't earn it, they'd boot your butt, man, because, you know, they weren't – everybody was clawing for any one of those spots back then. You know, I mean, you had a 1,000 yeah. guys lined up to, to take your spot. And so um, – uh, and I don't blame any of them. I mean, hell, I would have been one of those guys too. But uh, but it was it was just a, a huge honor, and, and I always say my – greatest accomplishment that I personally, even though I've won certain belts and titles and things like that, which is always a really cool thing, um, is 
my greatest accomplishment that I consider in wrestling is, and I accomplished that, and I'm at that point now to where it's even kind of gone to a different level, is to be able to walk into a locker room of legendary wrestlers and be accepted as a peer among those guys who I really, really idolize. That's dumb, you know, yeah. and, and, and to, to, for that to happen and then me to be asked to have a seat at that table, you know, that, that was just, it was everything to me, you know, and, uh, and that's yeah. what I mean. It was because me, especially, you know, when we had to go out there, me, Canyon, Ernest, Brian, I mean, you know, we earned our spot every week. I mean, we really, really did. And, uh, and we, we, and you know, it was like Canyon. I said, we set out to really pioneer how big guys moved in the ring. Cause we were heavyweights and, yeah. and, and Eric, I remember Eric saying, Guys, I need you guys to be heavyweights who, who, who wrestle like cruiserweights. I need you guys to, to go out and be as close to a video game as possible. And I'm thinking, how in the world are we going to do that? <laughs> but we did. Yeah, I think, and I we, think you achieved that for sure. Definitely. Right, yeah, right, Canyon, right. You know, Canyon didn't get the, t- the nickname the Innovator of Offense for nothing. Man, you know, I mean, he, he came was, up with some great stuff. Nice, yeah, he really did. Yeah. He really was. Very, do you have people, tend to, um, people, people tend to forget how big Canyon was. I mean, at, at the height of our run, he was 6'4", 260. You know, he's a big dude, man. You big know, boy. I was 6'2", about 245. Well, I, didn't I didn't know he's that big. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Big guy, man, big guy. And and Dallas, you know, Dallas is a legitimate 6'5". People don't realize how big Dallas was back then, you know. I mean, so there were guys that, you know, uh, but, but Kenya, I mean, for a guy that was that big, you know, you know, he slimmed down, you know, years later he ended up slimming down a good bit. But, I mean, then the height of our run, I mean, he was freaking jacked. You go back and look at some of the matches we had that yes. first year. Look how big his arms are. I mean, yeah. he was freaking jacked, man. You know, and, and I, I felt the wrath of those forearms upside my head. <laughs> right, right. Yo, yeah. do, do you have like a favorite match or, or like a favorite moment with WCW? Oh, yeah. Hands down. Hands down. Uh, basically, the Beach 97. Uh, it was me and first, finally, we did the tag match for me and Ernest against Canyon and, and Wrath. And, uh, you know, and I would break off after that and have some great. I had two great um, feuds with Perry Saturn and, and, and some other great wrestlers and stuff, but but that match was finally the culmination of, of everything we'd worked really hard for. And if you go back and watch that match, I mean, we never, about the closest we come to really grabbing a hold, I think is when maybe Ernest gets Brian in a headlock for a little bit, bit or whatever. But, but what's different from what we did then that I was so proud of from what you see a lot of today is that we, we were so determined that every little thing in the match – made sense it was there for a reason you know and 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 you made we had tons of big moves but every big move was there for a reason and we built up to the big move and things like that and and uh and and the the cool thing was because you were back then if you're on a pay-per-view there were a couple spots you wanted you wanted the opening match when when the crowd was just you know you know red hot on on fire that's what everybody says yeah everybody wants a pay-per-view man you want that match or of course you want you know either the semi or the main you know and uh and so we were that opening match for the pay-per-view and Man, I'm telling you, you, go back and watch the match and see how freaking how the energy of that crowd during our match. It was off the charts. So much so, the match that followed us was Ultimo Dragon and, and Chris Jericho. And even though they had a great match, you could tell the crowd was a little, a little emotionally tired from the match before. You could just tell it. I mean, because they had a great. I mean, look, when's Jericho and, and, and Ultimo Dragon never not had a great match? But that's not possible. Yeah, exactly. yeah, right. And so. So, but, 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 but you could tell I me, mean, we, 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 I think we went like, I don't know, it's like 12 minutes old or something like that. And, but, but man, it was, it was just nonstop. Boom, boom. But everything made sense. That's what I keep going back to is, and that's what I always pitched to, to aspiring wrestlers today out there is, yeah, sure. Do all the moves you want to do, but make them make sense. Tell makes a story sense. that makes sense. Cause that's 
what will emotionally grab the people in the seats and pull them into the ring with you. And if you're not doing that, you're not doing your job because if you don't do that, you're not memorable. If you're not memorable, guess what? They're not going to come back and buy a ticket to see you again because they don't. You didn't. You didn't tug on their emotions somehow. You know. So yeah. Can we yeah. say that again? Guess yeah, where yeah. can you say that again? Yes, absolutely, man. That's <laughs> so, right. You got to tug on those emotions, baby. You know. So make them care about you. <laughs> now you 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 kind of touched on this a, a little bit right here, but mm-hmm. um, uh, getting back to your training facility, you said you you uh, yeah. you help run an ATO. What is some of the advice that you give some of the uh, up and coming indie workers on the scene today? That you know, from your point of view, because you've been in yeah. WCW, you've been on the top, you've been there. What do you tell them to help them in their career? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked because, um, and I'll, I'll give some really specific advice because I, I hear so many wrestlers and so many athletes who have been successful in other sports and they'll say the same old things that are true, but they're not really giving any real specific advice. They're unless they work hard, they, yeah, they work hard, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. That's all important. But like, you know, people are going specifically, give me some of the magic beans, you know, <laughs> like tell me. <laughs> right, what right, exactly. And, and so, you know, and, and, and the, the, the truth is, you know, that the, the there are no real magic beans, but there are things that, that you can do that will put you ahead of the competition. And one of the things mm-hmm. that I always tell people is, is, is one, I'd say, you know, you, you got to, if you, whatever it is, you're, if you're wrestling or if you're, you know, aspiring to, to be an actor or a musician or whatever it is, you know, you've got to be doing this for the right reason. You know, and I always say it's okay to want the fame and the fortune. You just can't want that first because mm-hmm. if that's what drives you and you got to do the numbers here, there's only that one or 2% that ever make it to that level of wrestling mm-hmm. full time for a living. And, you know, if, if you, if, if, if you don't make that, and that's what your goal is. I want to be rich and famous. I want to be, you know, a, a famous wrestler. You know, like I say, it's okay to want that. But if that's what drives you and it doesn't happen, guess what you're going to become? Just another old bitter wrestler. You know, and and, <laughs> and we don't need any more of those. You know, so right. that's my. You know, that, that's, that's what I say is like, you know, know why you're doing this. You know, know what was your why. You know, why are you doing this? And and I and this is my one big thing I always hit on is is I say to them, I said. When I say know your why, and I give them a very specific example, I say, you know, sit down and write in as many sentences as it takes, why are you doing this? Why are you pursuing this? Why are you wanting to become a pro wrestler? And work it down, whittle it down, and whittle it down. It may take a while, but that's where the work comes in. Like Cody says, you got to be willing to do the work, is get it down to one or two sentences tops and know that sentence backwards and forwards so that if you are put in the position to where you cross paths with someone who can change your life in the wrestling business, a Steve Regal, you know, uh, whoever, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a, a Pitt Finley, a scout, you know, someone with AEW, whatever. And they casually ask you, cause they're not going to ask you like to test on the question. They're, they're not going to go, why do you want to be a wrestler? You know, they're going to say, Hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Dr. Dr. Tom, you know, people like this, Al Snow, you know, myself, you know, I ask people all the time, like, why do you want to be a wrestler? And to this day, I've never gotten an answer that was clear and concise in one or two sentences. To this day, still. And that's why I say it's so wow. important. Is Because imagine this. I always say, imagine you're, you're in a hotel and you know that the, the, the big wigs of wrestling are in town. Say you're in a hotel and you're, you're on, the, say, you know, the, the first floor and you're going up to the 10th floor. And you get in an elevator, it stops on the second floor. Someone who can change your life in wrestling steps onto the elevator. Let, whoever you want to pick. Pick whoever, you know, and, and the elevator shuts and that person hits ninth floor. Now you have from floor two to floor nine to sell this person why you think you are good. You're, you know, you're good enough to, to get an opportunity. And if you haven't thought about what you're going to say until that moment, you are going to flub it big time. 
So that's my point. I say, why do you want to be a professional wrestler? And I use an example that, and your why will probably change over the years, but I always say, if you want to hear an example, I'll tell you what my example is, what my why is, why I'm still so involved at 53 years old is because when I'm standing in the middle of that ring, nothing on this earth makes me feel more alive than when I'm right there. Boom. That's it. Now, if Boom. I said that, if I say that, you know, you hear the passion yeah. in my voice, right? Yes. Yeah. And I say it, and I didn't stumble, I didn't fumble over it. In that moment, I'm not humble. I'm telling you, that's why I'm still driven to be a part of this business and why I love it. And that's why I tell people, find a why like that. And if you tell them in one answer with that kind of conviction, trust me, you're going to knock them over. You can knock them over with a feather because they never hear that. <laughs> they never hear it. They never, they, you know, and you guys know, I'm going to explain to you exactly what you, you guys have heard a hundred times. You know, hey, why do you want to be a wrestler? Well, you know, it's, it's, I watched wrestling since I was a kid. It's all I've ever wanted to be. You know what? Here's the thing. When, when, when coaches get together to do seminars, you know, I always put together what I call the over-under. What's the over-under going to be this time? <laughs> How many people are going to say that, you know? And, yeah, and the thing wow. is, is, and it's simply just because in that moment, everybody thinks they should be humble. And, yes, you, you should be. But I'm telling you, if you know why and you've got that down to one or two sentences and you say it with conviction and you look that person in the eye, trust me. They're going to remember you, and that's your goal is to be memorable. Yes. Be the person that sticks in their head when they sit down on their plane the next morning, flying back to, to, to their home office, you know, whether that is in, in Orlando, Stanford, Connecticut, you know, wherever, you know, Jacksonville, you know, wherever. And you want to stick in their mind, and that's how you do that. And it's not just for that purpose. It's so you, when you want to quit in this business, and everyone that's ever done this sometime or another wanted to quit, that's what will keep you going too. Is why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, why am I really doing this? And if you don't know that answer, it makes it a lot easier to quit, a lot easier. So that's my. There's a, there's a lot of other. The one, the other little bit, bit of advice I give to everybody is just this: is the why is the biggest one that I, I share with people. The second one is, there's three things you can do in the next 24 hours to help you boost your career that 98% of people out there are not doing, and it will put you ahead of them, and it will make you come across as what you are, which is a professional in a professional wrestling industry. And that is three things. Get a professional voicemail recording on your phone, get a professional email address, and get professional looking business cards, period. Those three things you can do in the next 24 hours. I can't tell you how many times I've called a, an aspiring wrestler for whatever reason that maybe I had something for them. I can't tell you how many times I heard the most inappropriate voicemail message. You know, and, uh, and, 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 and I used to work for Full Sail. I used to work for Full Sail University and I worked in admissions at Full Sail. And I can't tell you how many just outlandish email addresses I saw, like, you know, like super sexy 69, you know, at Gmail. I'm like, I'm no. like man, you know, have you tried to get a bit you just called out my email like that? I'm just yeah. mad. Tell the world it was me. Dang, uh, man. But, but, you know, you think about it, um, you know, Lou Thez was my mentor before I met Dusty. I mean, Lou oh, freaking yes. Thez, you know. And so, and, and Lou mentored a lot of people. I consider Lou more of a, he was a great friend the last 10 years of his life. I looked at him as a mentor because of just the fact that he, he spent time with me and he shared, you know, his knowledge of philosophy and, and, and allowed me to be around him, you know. But, uh, but the thing is, is that Lou used to always say, the first word in your title as professional wrestler is professional. Be a professional, you know, dress for the job you want, not the job you have, you know, mm -hmm. you know, carry yourself like a professional, you know, show people that you care and that you're really serious about this. And, and I always say dress, you know, dress professional, whatever that is for you. And that's different for everybody. But be the person that when you walk into an arena for a show that night, the people standing in line or the people who are already in the, the, the fans, the paying fans, they should look at you. Your goal should be for them to look at you and go, 
that guy's a pro. That guy's yeah. a pro because of the way you carry yourself, the way you dress, the way your gear, your bag looks. You know, if you look like a bum, people are gonna think you are a bum. You know, and so you know, it's it's and that all that stuff takes a little planning, but it's how much do you care to put yourself in front of the pack? You know, so. I could go on and on, but those are two things that I really get passionate about because those are real simple things that, that really can separate you from the other 98, 99% of the people who just aren't going to do those things. Man, that's wow. Um, I mean, hey, if, if you're listening, just replay that part every day. That is fact. And that's not just professional yes. wrestling. I feel like yeah. that's just life. Everything. Yeah, it's very specific advice, but I know it works in pro wrestling, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I, and we tell our students at, the, at our trainings, that I, and I learned this from Chip Smith. And like I said, Chip has trained the best of the best. He just spent the last few months training Jalen Hurts, who just went high in the second round of the draft. He's trained, um, you know, Hall yeah. of Fame linebacker Brian Urlacher. He's trained nice. Hall of Famer Champ Bailey. Nice. I mean, you know, I mean, all these pro football players and, and baseball players and basketball players that come through our facility that Chip trains, our trainees get to rub shoulders with those guys, you know. And I tell them, I tell them exactly what Chip tells those pro athletes the same thing is when you're here training, we're going to concentrate on the things that we can control. And the things that we can control are your work ethic, your attitude, and your willingness to prepare. You know, how much are you going to prepare to get better? You, and like he says when he does the NFL combine training, like, I can't guarantee you're going to get drafted here. I can't guarantee you're going to go to this team. I can't guarantee you're going to make this amount of money. Mm-hmm. But what I can guarantee is if you give me those things, your work ethic, you give me a great attitude, and your willingness to prepare, your willingness to get here and do what I tell you to do, the other things take care of themselves, you know, and you put yourself in a position to say, I'm going to do all I know I can do. And then everything else is out of your hands. Then, yeah, sure. Praying doesn't hurt, but you know, but you still need to do all that stuff. And if put you do all that stuff, put in the work and put put in everything that you know you can do so that if the break never comes, you can say, you know what? It just didn't happen for me, but I did all that I can do. But here's what I know. The people that do the work and do all that they can do, it's funny how the breaks tend to find them, you know, and, 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 and that's yeah. just, that's yeah. how it works that's because and I will tell you right now, you know, uh, Cody Rhodes, you know, Cody and Brandy, they train at our school in Atlanta and Cody tells them, tells our trainees all the time, you know, he doesn't just say it for TV. He's like, put in the work, you know, I'm watching when I come in here, I'm watching to see who's working and who's not, but, and it's easy to, to, to go through the motions and make it look like you're putting in the work, but the people who've put in the work, they know when you're not, when you're, when you're, you know, when you're, you know, kind of faking it. And when you're putting real, really putting the work in and, and mm-hmm. the thing is, and we all know too, there's always somebody watching. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. You might you're think right nobody is, there's always somebody watching, you know, so, <laughs> but anyway, so that, that's just some of the advice that I know it, 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 not only does it work, it makes you feel better as a person contributing to this world is that I, I'm doing everything that I, that I know I need to be doing. And then everything else, it, it's just going to be what it's going to be, you know, and, 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 you know, you can't, you know, uh, uh, Dallas always says, you know, worry is exaggeration of the imagination. You can't worry about the things you can't control, you know, and it's exactly. easy to slip into that, you know, so you just can't, you focus on the things that you can control. And there's a lot of them, you know, and that, and that, that is enough to keep you busy. Trust me. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's Boy, perfect. Quick, now, what's the name of the, um, <laughs> what's the name of the, the, the facility that you train at? What's um, the it's, training um, school? It's the, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, and and guys, I will. Uh, oh man, let me, let me let me. How do I say this? Uh, the, right now, the the, the the school is called the One Fall Power Factory, and it's me and QT. Mar- QT right. started it. 
uh, about two and a half years ago, and, and, and I actually partnered with him to kind of help uh, build the brand uh, right out of the gate. And, uh, and, and, of course, I'm here in Orlando, but, but I'm, I'm looking very quickly to I'm, – I'm in Atlanta all the time, but I'm looking here uh, over the next um, several months to make the full-time move back to Atlanta just because um, – uh, that's where I feel like you know, I can be the most useful. But um, but there's uh, uh, there's some big changes that we have coming, and we're gonna be making some big announcements here pretty soon. And I wish I could tell you more, but but, but right now that's all I can say. But just know this: it's gonna be, be some exciting stuff, right. man. It's gonna be some exciting stuff. Yeah. All right. So, but again, thank you for talking to us. Like you oh, are you amazing. Yes. And, and I will say that. A former WCW wrestler, RoboCop, is in the new Mortal Kombat game. And I'm going to suggest for the man himself to finally be on the game. That's going to be the, yes. My, yes. my next task. That's right. So, yeah. You know, I, I, was, I was fortunate enough to be on, you know, three of the WCW's biggest, you know, selling video games. Sure did. And, uh, yeah. sure I mean, was. That's, that's, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, to see yourself in a video game, man, that's it's pretty darn cool. I will say it really is. Well, we got to make it happen again for 20 Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> yes, indeed. What are you, um, Thank you guys. Do you have any social media, anything, yeah. you know, if uh, people want to, you know, follow yeah, you I'm, on I'm that just, good stuff? Uh, yeah, I'm on. I'm on. Yeah, my personal Facebook page is is just you know Ray Lloyd, but uh, uh, but I, I think recently I kind of opened up it up to be public because you know I had a fan page, but everybody wanted to be on the personal page, you know. So I kind of just opened up my 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 w, my personal page, just Ray Lloyd on Facebook, and then uh, I'm at on Twitter at I am Glacier, and uh, I don't post a lot on Twitter. I I tend to retweet a lot of Cody stuff. And, and QT stuff, you know, so, uh, so I'm still active on there, but I tend to, I mean, their stuff seems to be more interesting than what I have to say. So I just retweet their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's clips of yourself. Just that's all you need to do. We'll, yeah, we'll be cool a, with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm, I'm learning to get on Instagram. And so, uh, I, I think it's uh, the same thing at, uh, uh, at, at, what is it? Real or whatever on, on Instagram. I don't even know what my Instagram handle is or whatever, but uh, how bad is that? We'll Sounds like you. me. Yeah, we'll, probably, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, find yeah. you. We'll post I'm, that. I'm learning, yeah. guys. I'm learning. I'm doing it's my all best. Good. So. We'll, we'll and we will it. be putting we will be putting out a Facebook page for the film. We're just going to wait till we get the, the closer to getting ready to kind of screen the movie so that we can really kind of ramp all that up at the same time. So, uh, uh, but the website will have all that information. So, guys, yeah, please check that. You know, you know, for like once a week or so, and, uh, and we'll we'll put all the updates there. Cool beans, and if it's okay with you, we'll throw a link uh, in the post yeah. of the show up for the the movie. Yeah, yeah we please. definitely want Thank you to get people Thank behind you. that because you know I'm on the website now and I'm looking at the yeah. description and 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 then the pictures and the behind the scenes stuff and it is amazing. So I want to share that yeah. with the fans. Yeah, we definitely want to share that with the fans. Um, just a last quick note about the film: we shot the movie, uh, almost all of it, um, in and uh, really what's called beautiful, like historic downtown Sanford, Florida, which is only about 30 miles outside of Orlando. But it's uh, the downtown area there is, you know, it's like 150 years old. It's old red brick streets and old buildings and stuff. So really it has a Hollywood back feel to it. So we, the production value of this movie is, is, is really, really, I mean, it's just, we show off, show off Florida a lot, you know, it's, it's, you know, of course, Florida is beautiful. So, so there's a lot of, of, of the film shot outside. So in the wrestling, we shot all the wrestling in our facility in Atlanta. So if you guys saw where AEW filmed, you know, for during the, the first few weeks of, of when this thing was kind of going crazy, yeah. that's where we, that's exactly where we shot um, the, the wrestling for our movie. And so, uh, but it, we actually shot a different part of the building. So it looks different, but um, but I will say I'm very very proud that the wrestling really really holds up in this movie. It really does, and uh, even though it's not necessarily a, a movie totally about wrestling, there is some pro wrestling in it, and it is really really good. Excellent. All right. 
Well, yeah, I I got nothing else, and, and <laughs> I just say thank you. I'm yeah. just extremely happy. Thank you, guys, they, it, man. Just thank you for talking with us. Oh, yeah. thank you guys so much, man. I yeah, mean, definitely. I was looking forward to this earlier today. I was like, yeah, man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Let's, yes, let's talk indeed. wrestling. So. <laughs> so, look, for everybody out there listening, you already know what it is, man. Make sure you follow us also on social media. Yes. On Facebook, it's Smash the Mat. On Instagram, Smash the Mat Podcast. On Twitter, Smash the Mat Pod. You know, we're on FarmersOnly.com. We're on AstroNazOnly.com. You know what I'm saying? You better match us. We're everywhere. Tinder. We're everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Red tomatoes. We're on all that. You know what I'm saying? So make sure you keep up with us, man. And you know what? We will keep you guys in tune with the Replaceables movie once again. Mr. Lloyd, a.k.a. Glacier, yes. a.k.a. The guys. greatest professional the greatest wrestler. Professional wrestler. <laughs> uh, man, thank you guys so much, man. I had a blast. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, gang. This is Lisa Marie Varon, formerly known as Victoria from WWE, formerly known as Impact Wrestling, Tara, and you are listening to Smash the Mat. And if you are not, I'm going to widow speak your butt. Hey, guys. This is former WCW wrestling star Glacier. Make sure you tune in to Smash the Mat podcast before blood runs cold on you. Hey everybody, this is a Caribbean tiger, the man you love to hate. So please follow Smash The Mat Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Take care.